Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. Well, the phones are ringing once again, and Mother Angelica is answering the call from the classic TV shows of the 80s and the 90s. I'm Doug Keck, along with my cohort here, our network chaplain, Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Great to see you again, Father. Always good to be with you, Doug. And it's always great to hear some of Mother Angelica's uh, interesting responses to interesting questions. we got some interesting topics. First up, it's admonishment and don't put off your conversion. Kind of an interesting combo. Also, I will send you a monstrance. Can't wait to hear that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why we suffer, that's a great question. Unfortunately, we've only got a short period of time for her to answer it. And we've got... Where was St. Joseph buried, which I'm sure you're Mm -hmm. interested in. So uh, (laughs) let's start off with the first one, admonishment, and don't put off your conversion. Yes, so the caller is asking about admonishing the sinner. And, you know, we have that reading in the divine office, as Mother said, it kind of makes us all uncomfortable because Ezekiel, God through Ezekiel, is telling us the necessity for us to admonish the sinner, to call people to return to the Lord and our own responsibility in doing that. So this lady is asking that important question, right, that we all have, especially in today's world. I mean, it's a common problem, isn't it? That parents are grieving what their children are doing, mm-hmm. or grandchildren are wondering right. what to do. Right, and I think we get a lot of confusion where Mother may, uh, points out in this is the idea we can judge actions. We just can't judge motives, and that's where it gets a little difficult for people to understand. I also thought it was interesting that apparently Mother was had been sick at some point mm-hmm. prior to this because the caller, I think, mentioned something about how happy she was or he was to see uh, Mother Angelica doing so well. You know, and I was thinking about how Mother Angelica, of course, had poor health. Uh, She was often in the hospital. I visited her often when she had asthma attacks and different things that were needed. Uh, We just uh, was thinking about St. Francis Xavier Cabrini as well. She was born two months premature, always had poor health. Uh, Andre Bassett, he was rejected at first too because of his poor health, but the Lord uses these weak instruments to do great things. What was the most impressive for you, just before we, we go to the first clip, uh, of Mother in the hospital when you dealt with her in the many times over the years since you mentioned that? You know, one thing is that she was getting a little rest. <laughs> so when she's here on the grounds, there was always one thing after another, after another, after another. <laughs> she actually seemed to kind of enjoy her hospital stays, um, you know, insofar as she could with her health, just to get a little bit of rest, a little bit of relief, and um, she always handled all of that very well. Of course, sometimes she'd be watching the network a lot more than normal, and we'd get some <laughs> admonishments on yes. uh, what was on or not on. But let's see what uh, Mother has to say. Admonishment, and don't put off your conversion. We have a call. Hello. Mother. Where are you from? I'm from Pennsylvania. Wonderful. And what is your, what is your question? Well, first of all, I'd like to tell you that I'm so happy to see you again on, on television, and we've been praying for you to get better. Thank you. We've missed you so much. And it's wonderful that um, tonight you're talking about St. Joseph. My husband has a special devotion to St. Joseph, yes. as I do, and he always says that uh, St. Joseph isn't talked about enough, and this is wonderful that the show is about him tonight. 
My question, uh, even though it has nothing to do with St. Joseph, I really need some guidance in this area, and I wonder if you can help me. I'm wondering when our Lord said that we should admonish the sinner, but also that we should judge not lest he be judged. Um, When we know someone is uh, offending God, and we we bring that to their attention in a one, in a in a loving way. Mm-hmm. Where do we draw the line? Where do we stop when we know that they continue to offend the Lord? And um, uh, you know, where do we stop there? Well, there's another thing the Lord said that kind of helped us with this. He said, "Judge not, and you shall not be judged." But then he said, "By their fruit you know them." Oh, that is to judge, isn't it? Huh? We can judge actions. We cannot judge motives. That's, that's a problem, see? You cannot say, oh, I know why she did that. How are you going to know why? Are you inside of her? You don't know why she did that. Maybe she don't know she did that. See? Now, we are to admonish our brother. Well, you read Ezekiel, I'll tell you, it scares, scares life out of you because it said if you know somebody's in sin and you don't admonish him, you don't tell him, you're responsible. See, today we have a lot of misguided compassion. Today the world is, well, you don't want to hurt their feelings. Yeah, go hurt their feelings. They're on the way to hell. What are you talking about? You don't want to hurt their feelings. <laughs> You want them to suffer forever because you don't want to hurt their feelings now? Does that make any sense? It's how you admonish. And I, I think you admonish well. The problem is what you said. How long do you admonish, you see? Well, the Lord said if somebody has something to get, you go to them if they don't understand. Go to the elders. If they don't understand, go to the church after that. Drop it. We shall, we should, especially with our children, with our loved ones, our relatives and friends, say it in a nice way. Look, I may not say it in a nice way because I'm a little bit... Anyway, I do try, though, but truth is truth. What are you going to do about it, you know? If you're horsing around, you're horsing around, so you can't say it nice. However, you could say, look, you're living with this girl, you're not married, you're offending God, and you're in danger of losing your eternal soul. Your eternal salvation is in jeopardy. So I don't believe that. This is the 20th century. It could be the 50th century. It's going to be the same. Truth is truth. What do you think? God's a yo-yo. You know, he's got a, this century we do this, that century we don't. Hey, what's the matter with you? <laughs> so, we have to know. We have to know this is wrong. And you've got to say it's wrong. I'll never forget. I've said it to most of you haven't heard it. This woman calls me up and she says, Oh, my husband's living with another woman. I see. In my house. What? <laughs> In your house? Yes. 
Well, kick him out. <laughs> How are you going to say that nice? <laughs> you could say, well, how unfortunate. You know, why don't you just open the door? <laughs> Tell him to leave. You can't say it nice. It's not a nice thing. So after I said that little, gave her that little advice, she said, oh, I can't. What do you mean you can't? They have no place to go. <laughs> well, hell is where they're aiming for. Tell him to go there. <laughs> Can you believe that? You can't believe that. Can't believe that. We we see we, we're so brainwashed by society and so coddled coddled by CCD teachers and priests and religious who want to make everybody feel good. When you're both down there in hell, neither one of you are going to feel good. <laughs> See, our, our actions have eternal consequences. Eternal consequences. If you slip on the ice, you break a leg, well, it's not eternal consequence. You're going to get better. You may be stupid for going on the ice, but... It's something that you can can be better, can can be healed. But when you talk about habitual sin, and if you think when you get old, sweetheart, and you're bald, and everybody around you is going whoopie doo, you're going to at that time dedicate your old bones to God. <laughs> may be so senile by that time, you're not going to know anything is happening. <laughs> you, you cannot put off conversion. You can't. You got to do it now. You got to do it tonight. Next up, a caller talking about Eucharistic adoration and with the kind of surprising <laughs> problem that it's not that it's not okay to do it, but they actually don't have a monstrance. You know, and I couldn't help but think about God's providence because, and I've seen this again and again as I know you have, Doug, too, how God's providence always provides for the network, but in also unique ways. And so Mother just providentially had received these two monstrances that she had recold-plated. Well, he had a destination for them in mind, obviously. It's always interesting that way because so many times— um there's that God incidence uh, that that occurs, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he puts the pieces together. So it's about trusting in the Lord and going forward. Like Mother would say, sometimes she would have to uh, take the step forward and see if God blessed it. If he did, then she would go forward. And if she didn't, she'd change direction and wait for the next uh, inference of which way to go. This time she responds, helpfully, I will send you a monstrance. We have another call. Hello? Hello. Where are you from? I'm from New York, Mother. What is your question? 
Well, Mother, first I'd like to say God bless you and thank you, Jesus, for you. Um, I was at a parish council meeting last night, and I had asked the parish priest if we could have a holy hour at our church. Mm -hmm. And the priest sat back and looked at me, and he says, well, he says there's uh, two parts to that before I can answer. And he says the first part is, yes, we can have one, but we don't have a monstrance. And uh, he left it that if I could get a monstrance, we would have a holy hour. I'll send you one. Oh, if you would at least help me find one, it would be wonderful. You you write you write to me and identify yourself and tell me your priest and his name and I'll send him. If that's all he needs is a monstrance, I'll send you one. It's putting him on the spot. But he doesn't think you'll ever get one. But for viewers who don't know what a monstrance is, this is a little sample of one, see? And this is a little plastic thing here that it imitates the host that's in And This one has IHS on it, but this is our life. And this is what he needs in order to have a holy arm bless the people. So, I just had two small ones that people gave to us that were in flea markets. And we had them uh, gold-plated. So I'll pick out the best one and send it to you. And please, don't let a, just the fact that you don't have a monstrance keep you from holy hour. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And we are back from our break here on Mother Angelica answering the call. Doug Kecht along with Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Next up, a call about why we suffer. And uh, one of the interesting uh, things in the in the call mm -hmm. that Mother has is uh, the uh, caller brings up Mother Raphael, Mother Vicar. Yes, so she was uh, right next to Mother Angelica, you know, m the whole time, I think, mm -hmm. that they were here in Irondale, and um, they were just so close. They were just good friends, as well as Mother Raphael was always such a great support for Mother Angelica. She always had this joyful spirit, you know, and she always had a, a heart for what Mother was doing and really believed in what Mother was doing. And in some way, it's kind of a balanced mother in a lot of that way, in, in, in that idea of mother was a person who suffered greatly, mm -hmm. and, and Raphael always had that, that, that kind of, in a right. sense, supportive nature. Mm -hmm. Effervescent, and uh, she loved gardening, and she loved uh, doing different things outside, but she loved to sing. You know, one of my happy memories is her mm -hmm. singing at the Daily Mass. Uh, and just so she would do these different souls of Panis Angelicus and other hymns that uh, she just would sing so beautifully from her heart. Her whole heart was always there. Right, and it's amazing how many times uh, people's questions have to do with suffering. And Mother even talks about here, when you decide you have some illness now and you're going to commit suicide, you're cutting yourself off from God. Don't do that. Trust God. Trust Him. Trust Him. And that's important for people, especially today, for people to hear. A lot of despair out there. Yeah, and you think about the fact that 
God's doing something, right? So don't shortcut what God wants to do for the good of a soul, for its sanctification, for its eternal glory, right? And that's where we have to trust him in all things and say, you know what? I may be going through something right now, but in some way he's turning it to my good and to my glory. And let's see what Mother has to say about why we suffer. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Hello. Where are you from? I'm from Pennsylvania. Good. Papa Dorby, Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. Okay. My name is Conchetta, and it's wonderful talking to you again. Thank you. But most of all, I want to say I thank the Lord for answering my prayers that you go well. And I, I thank him now that you are sitting there and doing the show. Um, I wanted to talk to you about suffering. You mentioned suffering at the beginning. Yeah. And uh, I got sick three years ago. And instead of getting better, the illness progressed to different illnesses. Uh, the body uh, had just reached a point where it was, I could not take anymore, so other problems came out. Yeah. And I will fight it. I will say, well, I can't fight this. I can't fight that. Well, I'm Italian, mother. What can I say? <laughs> and uh, until all of a sudden, uh, something in my mind said, wait a minute, there's a reason for this. And then I started experiencing certain things that maybe you don't remember, but Mother Raphael will. And through that, I've come to realize why we suffer. Yeah. God loves us. Yeah. He wants our soul. Mm -hmm. Through our souls, he, he can do so much work. Well, not only that, it's, it's um, see, what we don't understand today, we look at suffering, it's absolutely, totally useless. And so we encourage people to have suicide, to, you know, do away with them. They're not the quality of life. is not about what we don't understand is this. God has designed for each one of us a certain degree of holiness. And it's been designed by God from all eternity. Everything in your life, from your conception to the death he decides, nobody else, is all together like a, a, a giant puzzle. Every bit, even the things you thought were useless or big mistakes or whatever, failures, pain, suffering, tragedies, good things, wonderful things, static things, all together form this degree of union with God, joy and happiness for all eternity. That's why when, when, we, when we stop people from breathing because we're tired or it's expensive or anything else, we may be cutting short their purgatory. We may make that purgatory much longer. We may be cutting short that degree of holiness that's been destined for them for all eternity. You see, we, we cannot make these eternal decisions. And so you're right. Embrace your cross. It's not going to make it easier. It's not going to take away the pain, the fear, the loneliness, whatever. That is the cross. We, we got to take it in our hands like he did and say, Lord, I embrace this because it's your gift to me. And, and when we get to heaven, we'll see. We'll see all the whys and the wherefores of our life. We'll, we'll see it all. 
And that's why no one has a right. See, when you terminate a birth, you have cut off a person's entire opportunity to arrive at that holiness God is destined for them. When you decide that this person's lived long enough, when you decide you have some illness now and so you're going to commit suicide, you, you're cutting yourself off from God. Don't do that. Trust God. Trust Him. Trust Him. I, we will pray for you, Conchetta. For all of you that are suffering, you know, that we understand. Our Lord gives us light to understand. If the Son of God had to suffer, who are we? Are we better than the Master? And wrapping up our program, we have a question, a caller raised, where was St. Joseph buried? I have to admit, mm-hmm. uh, you would probably think a lot about St. <laughs> Joseph, uh, Father Joseph, but I have to think, mm-hmm. I always think of Mary, the question about Our Lady, mm-hmm. but I, I really hadn't thought about St. Joseph. Right, and just an interesting point about Our Lady is that there's no relics, right, spoken of in the early church other than a veil or something like that which points to the fact that she was assumed. And it's similar of St. Joseph. And Mother refers to Matthew's gospel, the end of his gospel, when Jesus died on the cross, there was an earthquake. And it says that those just ones who were buried, they rose and many people saw them. And there are saints like St. Jose Maria Escriva and St. Francis de Sales who believed that St. Joseph was one of those and was assumed into heaven. But... It's a theological opinion, a pious thought. Um, the church has never said dogmatically one way or the other. But there's also no St. Joseph relics running around right. either. So mm-hmm. you, you've got a, kind of the same situation there. Mm-hmm. And as you said, this is something that's a, a pious thought. Uh, and it's surprising in many ways that we never heard so much about St. Joseph. Yeah, I'm really grateful for this past year. I've learned a lot more about St. Joseph. I did a couple of programs that made me dig a little bit deeper uh, why he's a patron of a happy death and why he's a patron of workers. Right. So I think his, his uh, virtues and his holiness are becoming better known. Well, let's find out where was St. Joseph buried. We have another call. Hello? Hi, Mother Hi. Angelica. Yeah, where are you from? Uh, this is Elaine. I'm calling from Canton, Ohio, your hometown. Oh, my hometown. How are you? I'm fine. Well, I'm better. <laughs> Great. Well, God bless you, Mother Angelica. Uh, I had a question about St. Joseph. Yeah. Uh, where is his tomb You know that he's buried at? Or was he assumed into heaven like the Blessed Mother? And I will hang up so I can hear your call, hear your answer. Thank to my you. knowledge, there is no tomb. That's one of the mysteries. I think it's like Moses, you know. St. Michael brought Moses somewhere and buried him so nobody would use him as a god or something, you know. We do get weird once in a while. <laughs> but uh, there is no tomb for St. Joseph. It's my humble opinion. You know, it's my opinion now. Don't say it theologically correct or not correct. Nobody can prove it. I like those things nobody can prove. <laughs> it would seem to me. Do you remember when our dear Lord died? Nature rebelled. You remember that? 
We think these storms are just ordinary storms coming around. Forget it. Nature is rebelling over the stench of sin in the world today. The stench of sin is such that nature is rebelling. And it did it when our dear Lord died. What happened? There was an earthquake. Graves opened up and the dead rose. I can't imagine all the dead gone back in their comfy graves. <laughs> I think the dead rose and stayed risen because, because the Lord himself, the Lord himself died an ignominious death. Ignominious death. Now, I believe, and many of the mystics who have had unbelievable visions about the whole life of Jesus believe that St. Joseph was at that point assumed into heaven. But it's not a church doctrine. It's not a dogma. It's a pious thought. Could be true. Could not be true. But I would suppose with all his holiness, his great degree of holiness, great degree of holiness, and all of that reward and merit that he must have accumulated in his lifetime would certainly indicate that something like that after our dear Lord ascended into heaven could, could have happened. But the church has never, to my knowledge, made a statement on it. And I don't think they ever could because it's one of those things we'll know in heaven. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.